0: Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. This would be the podcast where we talk about all things SMS. We'll talk about things about safety. We we'll talk about anything that can help us to... Our jobs just a little bit better, a little bit more efficiently, and a little bit more effectively. It's an honor to be talking to all of you. Thing we've been doing this uh, for a little bit now. If you like this podcast, if you would do us a great favor, if you'd please go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to Safety Chats Podcast. Uh, please give us a five-star rating, leave a review. Let us know what you think. You can also reach out directly to us at Baldwin at baldwinaviation.com. Let's dive into this. There's a few things I've been hearing that have been kind of disturbing me a little bit, kind of agitating me, I guess. What I'm hearing out there is that there are some industry professionals that are proclaiming that 14 CFR 5, which, as you all know, because you're also smart, is the SMS regulation that is now currently applicable to Part 121 operators and soon to be relevant to Part 135 operations. But there's been some out there in the industry proclaiming that 14 CFR 5 is widely different from industry standard SMS requirements, like what you might find in the Asbeo or BASC or any one of those industry alphabet soup registrations. It's this notion that if you have implemented the Isbeo or BASC, you will be subject to the regulations in the future, whenever that may be. The scare that's going out there is that it's almost a waste because it is completely different from 14 CFR 5. That's not entirely true. I really want to hone in on one portion of the requirement. And we'll probably do other podcasts talking about other portions and how they may relate to. Industry standards to Part Five. Let's give a little background to this. What the industry standards have done is they take the guidance or they take the standards directly from a framework from Annex 19, and that happens to be an Appendix Two of ICAO Annex 19. But the deal is that Annex 19 is really written for the state, and by state, that's capital F state, like the United States. Australia. It is written for them. Let's see what Annex 19 specifically states. Let's start at Annex 19, Chapter 3, Paragraph 3.2.1. The standard. In Annex 19 that says states basically, and I'm broad brushing this, but states will require certain organizations to implement a safety management system. So that is the standard that is telling the states to regulate safety management systems for certain operators. And then it gives a list of the operators down there. And yes, scheduled are Annex 6 Part 1 operators, which are commercial, international commercial operators, which Part 135 happens to fall into. And then there's, you know, the MROs and the training facilities. Those are all addressed there. And that's. That's what the FAA is looking to implement, especially in this next round. They're trying to conform to that standard from ICAO that is saying that they must do this. They must create regulations and implement regulations for those operators. OK, so we're good there. But if we go further down in Chapter 3, Paragraph 3.2.4, it states that the regulations or what's required to be implemented must address the SMS frameworks and elements in Appendix 2. It doesn't say it has to be it exactly. It doesn't say you copy and paste. It says it must address the SMS framework and elements in Appendix 2. So that means the state doesn't have to verbatim or copy the NX19 Appendix Two requirements. It's just saying it must address them. So that gives the state a little bit of wiggle room, actually quite a bit of wiggle room. As long as they're addressing all the elements, is what it's saying. And, and elements, you know, like management commitment and hazard identification and risk assessment control. You know, those those would be in the elements under the components. As long as those elements are addressed, then they satisfy the standard with ICAO. So what the FAA did address the elements, all of them, but they did it in a way that's just a little bit different than if you're used to reading like the Isbeo or the Bass Standard or straight out of Annex 19 Appendix 2. It's just it's a little bit different. It is different. This is my opinion. This is just Jason talking. I think the FAA would have done a lot better if they would've just stuck to those more general requirements because that's what those are. Those are performance-based requirements, right, in the framework. And like it says, you must develop a process to identify hazards in the organization. That's very performance-based, don't care how you do it. It's just that be the end goals that you identify hazards in the organization. Well, the FAA, they made it a little bit more prescriptive and that's okay we, we can deal with prescription we're used to that i think like i said i think they would have done better and stemmed some confusion if they would have just stuck to copying the framework now there's other states that have just copied the framework one that comes to mind at least last i looked was mexico i mean they basically just took everything out of Appendix 2, and put it in the, hey, here's the right, this is what you need to implement. Now you can see where that may cause problems when it comes to validating, because as I say, there's many ways to skin a cat, and so when we're looking for performance-based standards, we gotta make sure that not only one does what's implemented meet the intent of the standard, but also it's done in a way that doesn't violate regulations and is potentially the most efficient and effective for the organization. We talked about Annex 19, especially in chapter three, the requirement for SMS and that the SMS must address the elements in Appendix two, Appendix two being that four component 12 element that we're all so familiar with and in love with. And the FAA did that, except they met the requirements, but they they changed a little bit. So the language is a little bit different. So let's look at one that in particular that I heard after a presentation, uh, the individual said, yeah, there's no requirement for SPIs, SPTs. i would heard this before from some individuals. I'm like, I wonder if you'd listen to it right. But yeah, that's kind of the message that's coming across. And that's not true. SPM, uh, which is Safety Performance, Monitoring and Measurement, SPM is in there, especially SPIs, SPTs and objective. But where are they? So let's take a look. Okay, let's take a look. Now, I have the regulation open in front of me and it has so much gobbledygook in it. I don't wanna read the whole thing. I'm gonna look under 14 CFR 5, under subpart D, which is safety assurance. Specifically, regulation 5.71, it's called safety performance monitoring and measurement. Hey, there it is, SP2M, or SPM as we call it, but it's still there, it's right there in writing. Safety performance monitoring and measurement. In subparagraph A, It says the certificate holder must develop and maintain processes and systems to acquire data with respect to its operations, products, and services to monitor the safety performance of the organization. And these processes and systems must include, at a minimum, so here's the prescription, at a minimum, the following monitoring of operational processes, monitoring of the operational environment to detect changes, auditing of operational processes. Processes and systems, evaluations of the SMS and operational processes and systems, investigation of incidents and accidents, investigation of reports regarding potential noncompliance with regulatory standards. Holy smoke. A confidential reporting system in which the employees can report hazards. Subparagraph B, the certificate holder must develop and maintain processes that analyze the data acquired through the processes and systems identified under paragraph A of this section, which I just read to you, and any other relevant data with respect to its operations operations, products, and services. That is a mouthful. What is that saying? Well, they actually kind of mashed a lot of things up in there under safety assurance, including auditing, management of change. But guess what else is still there? That monitoring of data. When you monitor data, you have to, in order to monitor data, (laughs) the piece of data, I don't know another way to say it, but that's going to be your performance indicator. It's talking about you're monitoring the performance. Now, in ICAO world, we're really concerned more of monitoring using data, monitoring the performance of risk controls. So we're seeing, okay, is this risk control perform? or behaving like it should. Now, that's kind of implied in this one, and I think it's more established in the next paragraph. But when you're talking about monitoring operational processes, that's like what you're doing, what you're doing out there every day in work. You're monitoring those processes. When it talks about you know landing, that's a process, right? Do you have an unstable approach? Are you landing long? Are you doing something else crazy? Are you doing something right? Who knows? That's kind of what we're monitoring, right? We're monitoring those operational processes and maintenance, have we left tools behind? Is our tool control working? Those are monitoring operational processes. Now, it does go into the other things. Uh, auditing, that's where the audits requirement comes in. Um, you're going to be auditing the operational processes and systems and investigations. That's, that one's kind of weird, but it is, it is a fact of safety assurance, right? Because when we do an investigation, we determine, one, which risk controls may have failed or two, and or two, was there an emerging hazard or hazard that manifested or that was there, I should say, was there a hazard is there that we haven't identified before and therefore haven't implemented any controls for it. So you can see how that is part of safety assurance. We're seeing what happened, why did it happen? And we're going in to fix it, but that comes in later. So we just talked about 5.71 safety performance monitoring and measurement. Now we're going to get into 5.73, which is safety of performance assessment. It says in paragraph A, the certificate holder must conduct assessments of its safety performance against what? Guess what? It's safety objectives. So, which include reviews by the accountable executive. Now, I want to stop there. It must conduct assessments of its safety performance against its safety objectives. Now, here's the thing. It would have been a lot easier, in my opinion, if they were said just measure against those objectives. That's so vague. Conduct an assessment. Well, what what really is that assessment? Well, the assessment includes measuring against them and seeing where the measurements are in relation to the stated objective, right? I mean, we've talked about that. We've said it a lot. What I really like, though, about this, I think they did get right, Which includes reviews by the accountable executive. Now, ICAO isn't very specific about that in their framework, but when you get into the guidance material in 9859, it does mention that. However, you can see it's a regulation, so it's prescriptive here. You will, if you're going to comply with a regulation, you will have a review with the accountable executive, which you should. And we've talked about that too. When we talk about uh, assessing our objectives and measuring against our objectives, guess what? We go to the safety committee, which hopefully your AE is chairing. You say, hey, boss, look, this is where we are this is where we need to be either we're doing great we're really sucking so one of the two or we're on track whatever it may be but i like that they put that in there because that's important it's inferred or it's implied in the ICAO but this is really kind of an element also of ISO 9001 is having these executive reviews and I, i really like that so that's one thing i do like about part five so the certificate holder must conduct assessments of its safety performance against the safety objectives which include reviews by the accountable executive two this is what the reviews will hopefully bear fruit with ensure compliance with the safety risk controls established by the certificate holder evaluate the performance of the sms evaluate the effectiveness of risk controls established under 5.55 c which is hazard identification risk assessment i don't like that piece there but i'll get to that in a second evaluate the effectiveness of risk controls established under 5.55 c and identify any if ineffective controls identify changes in the operational environment that may introduce new hazards and identify new hazards and then And upon completion of the assessment, if the ineffective controls or new hazards are identified under paragraphs A2 through A5 of this section, which I just read to you, the certificate holder must use described in subpart C of this part good night. (laughs) I don't like reading regs, especially out loud. It's very hard to do. But let's break it down just really quickly. Uh, And I won't belabor this too much. There's a few things I don't like about this. I do like the fact that they're talking about a safety performance assessment. So you're assessing your performance. But there's a few ways to assess performance, right? And ICAO states that we assess performance through either our performance against our objectives and also the performance of risk control. So we kind of got that in here. But what kind of muddies it is 5.71. It's measuring operational processes. Well, why are we measuring operational processes. Well, it's for the idea, again, to see if our risk controls are working and if hazards are emerging, which was also um, addressed in 5.73 subparagraph A sub -sub subparagraph 5. So 5.73 is being, I think, a little bit more specific. And again, I'm not an FAA lawyer, so this is just me talking. I, I think it's being a little bit more specific in saying that, yes, you're going to have objectives, you're going to measure against them. And similar to above in 5.71. You're going to identify changes that may introduce new hazards. That's management of change that was also addressed in 5.71. And you're going to identify new hazards. Probably would have been okay with just that paragraph and really trimmed down 5.71. That would have put it more in alignment of what we're used to with ICAO. But then we get into 5.75. The certificate holder must establish and implement processes to correct safety performance for deficiencies identified in the assessments, looking at the data, uh, conducted under 5.73. So it's saying, hey, if you're not meeting your objectives, why you're not meeting objectives, you need to do something to improve the environment to meet those objectives. And if your risk controls are not working, uh, if your processes are not working, guess what? You get the chance to improve them. I mean, that's what it's talking about. It's really nothing magic. So I wanna go back to the original argument saying that SPM are not in 14 CFR 5. That's not true. I hope we we saw on this podcast that SPIs, SPTs, and objectives are very much alive in part five. The FAA did tweak it a little bit. Uh, Admittedly, they wrote this regulation very early when things weren't as well understood in my opinion, but the SPIs, SPTs, objectives are there. So if you get a chance Especially today, I mean, the regs are free online, where I'm at, I'm like eCFR or something like that. that's where I pulled this from. Take a look and see what you think. Provide me some feedback. You might say, Jason, you're full of hot air. You're out in right field. Or you may say, you know what? Hey, this makes sense. And we can do this. Yes, we've implemented to the ISBAO right now. We've been registered to the ISBAO or BASC. And no, you don't have to radically change your safety management system. There are going to be some differences because in my opinion, the FAA did get fairly prescriptive in some things. But I think you're good with at least 80% of the way there. And I think that's even being conservative. I'd say probably more like 90%. So don't freak out uh, what they're saying in the industry. It's not black and white. There are similarities, a lot of similarities actually, because there has to be. They had to address all the elements within the framework. And they did a few little more, but you know, it's They like to do, they like to go above and beyond. SPIs, SPTs, objectives that you so much labored over and really tried to understand and really trying to find good ones in the organization they live on. So I hope this was helpful. I hope um, this makes sense. I hope you had a, we had a good time, a little fun walking through the bowels of 14 CFR 5. I think um, going forward, I'd like to do this on a couple other ones. There's a few different things that, you know, one thing that comes to mind is the idea of a systems analysis to find hazards as part of your safety risk management. But um, I think we can break that down fairly easily and take a look and see how it would work in our, in our organization. So there you have it. I hope, like I said, this was informative and, um, I think you're, the, you're you're good with at least at least eighty percent of the way there, and I think that's even being conservative. I'd say you're probably more like ninety percent of the way there. So don't freak out. Uh, what they're saying in the industry, it's not black and white. Uh, there are similarities, a lot of similarities actually, because there has to be. They had to address all the elements within the framework, and they did a few little more. But you know, it's FAA. they like to do they like to go above and beyond. But SPIs, SPTs, objectives that you so much labored over and really tried to understand and really trying to find good ones in the organization they live on. So I hope this was helpful. I hope um, this makes sense. I hope you had a, we had a good time, a little fun walking through the bowels of 14 CFR 5. I think um, going forward, I'd like to do this on a couple other ones, a few different things that, you know, one thing that comes to mind is the idea of a systems analysis um to find hazards as part of your safety risk management but um, i think we can break that down fairly easily and take a look and see how it would work in our in our organization so there you have it i hope like i said this was informative and um yeah i hope you come back i hope to see you at the next one or hear you or whatever it is but hey guys and gals thank you so much for what you do and we are here to serve you and in the meantime stay safe This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators, Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.